Hi, and welcome to the Writability Podcast. This is a special episode for COS students where we're talking to instructors who teach either literature or creative writing, and we'll be teaching those classes in the spring. We just wanted you to get a chance to hear them and hear why you might want to sign up for a literature or creative writing class. Before we even get started, I'm here with Chris Lynch. Chris, why should a student consider taking a literature class? Is this just for English majors? Not just for English majors. I am super passionate about this, as you can imagine, because I actually write books. Of course, I'm going to argue that everyone should read novels. Every college student should take a literature class. And I'm not just saying that because I want job security. (laughs) Literature is one of the greatest ways to learn empathy. We all have a story and we know our stories, but if we don't know other people's stories, we don't understand where they're coming from. And that's where these specialty lit classes can come in. They are all three unit classes. They all count as UC and CSU transferable. And just a really enjoyable way to dive into storytelling. If you hated readings in high school, you are not alone. Even the people teaching these classes sometimes found studying literature in high school to be on the dull side. But that's often because what you were reading didn't feel relevant. So I know all of the instructors for these classes. Everyone does really work from the mindset of making sure that the reading lists feel relevant to students' lives and that the discussions are lively and really talk about the intersection of your story with the stories that you're reading. So Chris, you are actually teaching one of those this semester, right? I am. What are you doing? This spring, I'm going to teach women in literature. It's, of course, going to be online. Women in literature. So it could be any piece of writing by or about a woman. (laughs) I was like, what? How do I ever narrow this down? I got excited about teaching it because it's not a survey class, which it means that we don't have to start in the dawn of history. So I can curate a short list of writers. The work that I'm doing this fall is building what I hope will be the most fun literature class ever. I want to do really interesting pairings. So if you think about Louisa May Alcott, who wrote Little Women, and then you think about Toni Morrison, and you think about, you know, The Bluest Eye and Beloved, and I'm not sure which of her works we're going to be reading yet. People might say, well, you know, so they're women, what else? But they both wrote about the domestic lives Mm -hmm. of women. And both of them were initially received criticism like, well, why is this even important? So I think when you start from a thematic place like that, I hope it leads to a really interesting set of discussion. And then another thing that I'm going to do is letting students choose the writer that they're going to write about for their longer essays. And by longer essays, they're not that long. Don't be frightened. The word count is Uh, way less than English one, right? Yeah, it's 4,000 words total, but that includes the shorter assignments. So yeah, I do this thing where I let students kind of look over lists that have been curated both by academics and non-academic people of their favorite women authors, and then they get to pick. That becomes the writer whose life they're going to do a little bit of research on, one major work they're going to read, they're going to even write a little piece of fiction mimicking that author's voice. 
I have created a class that is not just for English majors. It is for anyone. As I said, I'm going to try to make it really fun, really relevant to students' lives. One last question for you about this. What one thing do you want your students to leave with? Oh, I would like them to fall in love with reading literature. More than learn, I want them to come away with a new relationship to literature. And now I'm here with Sandra, who is teaching BritLit 2, right? Yes. What would students expect in that class? BritLit 2 is the second half of BritLit, duh. Joseph Teller usually teaches British Literature 1 in the falls, and he is teaching from Beowulf, which is way back in the day, to, I think, Peeps. So I teach all the way from the romantic period to like right now. And what are you most excited about teaching in Britlet too? I have so many. I'm a Victorianist, so I teach Dickens, which don't be afraid, it is pretty fun. And we're not going to read a 900 page novel. We might read A Christmas Carol, actually, even though it's not going to be Christmas because it's a cool ghost story. We might read Dracula or Frankenstein, Mary Shelley. We're going to do Wordsworth and Samuel Taylor Coleridge and Blake. And let me little have tidbit for you. Blake and Wordsworth were kind of annoyed with each other. So we're going to talk about the little gossip behind the literature. Yes. So that's kind of fun. We'll do Gothic literature. So that's ghost stories. We may do Zadie Smith, who is, I don't want to say a brand new author, but she wrote a great book called White Teeth. It's won awards and I've only read it once. It's a modern novel. There are no scary English words. And so aside from the poetry, students ought to have a pretty easy time. And anyway, the poetry is actually better understood with guidance. Wordsworth was into like changing the purpose of poetry and putting it in the hands of the common man. Mm. So the language is different. Why should a student take your class? Because it's fun. <laughs> I think it's super easy only because it's understandable and it can actually be pretty diverse. We think of English lit right in this period as like the dead white guys. Aside from that, there are women and people of color, stuff that everybody can relate to. If your students could leave your class with one thing, what would you want them to leave with? That's a hard question. Obviously, an appreciation for the diversity and the diverse periods and the history behind them because we're going from 1785 all the way up to the present. So what's going on in the Romantic period is pretty revolutionary. The Victorian period is revolutionary as far as sexuality and gender roles because they were so oppressed. It's interesting to see how that changes toward the 20th centuries. I would say an interesting appreciation for it and lack of fear. I'm here with Landon now. She is actually teaching two literature classes, so we're going to hear about both of them. Let's talk about American Lit first. So I'm teaching for the first time, I'm super excited, the second American Lit class. It's from 1865 all the way to the present. And what are you most like excited about? I think that this period in American Lit has so much going on. A lot of it is just sort of this tension between the fantasy of what America means and then like the reality. And I think a lot of my class is kind of themed that way where 
you know, the fantasy is this break with tradition. The past is gone, you know, we're separate from Europe and England and the self-made man and the frontier and equality for everybody, right? Um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So that's sort of like the idea and the fantasy. And then there's the reality, of course, with the decimation of the Native Americans and slavery and then, you know, immigration getting complicated. And so, and that all plays out in the literature. Are there any readings in particular you're super excited to teach? Mm, um, there's so many and I haven't quite decided exactly what I'm going to use, but I do think that even just talking about those themes, taking something really sort of traditional like The Great Gatsby, you can see how that's about the past, you know, sort of still being present mm. and the self-made man. But then if you think about those same themes, looking at Toni Morrison's Beloved, which we're going to read, and how, what does that mean to be like a self-made man if you were in slavery, right? And then you're, mm. you know, you are free, but life is not simple after that, right? And then even Amy Tan's Joy Like Clip, we're going to read that also. And I think that's just kind of another version of what does it mean to be a self-made man if you're, you know, sort of a first-generation immigrant. It's this beautiful book, right, of four Chinese mothers and four Chinese-American daughters and the sort of differences between the continents and the generations and all that good stuff. So I'm excited about all those. Yeah, I want to take yeah. a class. I feel like <laughs> listening to these and being like, when do I get a site up? If you could choose one thing your students like left with, from your American Lit class, what would you want it to be? I think a sense of how understanding what's happened in the past and what people have written is still relevant, right? It's not just like dead history, it's still relevant. I mean, um, James Baldwin's The Fire Next Time is on the New York Times bestseller list right now, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, these things just, you know, they just keep playing out in new ways. And so you're also teaching an English four. So that is our intro to literature class, right? And so what's exciting about your English four? Oh, I love English 4. So the American Lit class is one particular period, but English 4, you can take literature from all periods and all places, right? And so you can be looking at really contemporary things right next to something that's 100 years old. And I like to talk about what is literature because we're studying it, but it's like, how do you define it? And even more interesting than that, I like to get into, well, who gets to decide what is literature and what gets studied and what makes it into the textbooks and then what gets taught and then what students choose to write about and all that kind of things. I also like that our English 4 covers a bit of literary theory because it can be so intimidating in graduate school, I think, to try to deal with literary theory. But English 4 is sort of like a nice, comfortable place to get an introduction to those things. Mm -hmm. You know, these lenses that we view literature through and, and also life, right? I mean, if you think about like psychoanalysis, post-colonialism, queer theory, critical race theory, gender studies, these things help us read literature, but they also help us, you know, understand the world. I use an anthology and it's just got such good short stories and poems and some plays and things like that. But I'm also bringing in Elizabeth Acevedo's The Poet X, which is a really cool novel in verse about a slam poet sort of in the making. Um, she's dealing with like traditional parents and church and boys at school and sort of becoming a woman in this body that she gets a lot of attention for and doesn't know what to do with. I'm also going to try teaching Angie Thomas's On the Come Up, which she, she wrote um, The Hate You Give, which was made into a movie recently. And this is sort of her newer book and it's got similar themes. So I'm going to try that one out, but it's all brand new. So we'll see how it goes. For English 4, if you, your students left with one takeaway, what would you want it to be? You know, I was just talking about this with some coworkers recently. I guess the idea that the way that you learn how to analyze literature in a meaningful way is the same way that you learn how to analyze like everything around you in a meaningful way, right? God, when I really understood that, it just became like this key that opened up so much for me. I'm here with Stacy Brand, who is teaching an English 4 in the spring. So what do you do in your English 4? So basically, we 
do a lot of writing focused on literature. I try to keep the reading selections interesting. We'll go through some of the so-called classic text, um, but I also try to bring in some unexpected kind of modern voices as well. I use kind of classic anthology, represent some of the canon of literature, as I like to say. Even the word literature will kind of discuss in class as well. So that's part of it, is just breaking down what the heck is literature anyway. We're going to try to figure out how to read this stuff and also just enjoy reading. One of the novels I teach is The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. It's a novel written in verse. It's a bunch of poems. We'll, we'll kind of talk about what the heck is a novel. Kind of breaks down to some degree, everything we might have thought we've known about literature and writing. I'm also considering teaching this kid's book titled Love That Dog. It's absolutely charming, a tad heartbreaking. It also has a bunch of these classic poems, the red wheelbarrows in it, for example. It's a fun little book, but it also helps us analyze literature. Is there a thing you're most excited for for your lit class? I love to get into the poetry stuff. Admittedly, I think poetry is hard to talk about. Poetry is hard to access sometimes. And so the fun I have is introducing some poems that students are like, oh, I get it. You know, poetry doesn't have to be this mysterious words on the page. And Elizabeth Acevedo's novel, for example, the poems are accessible, for lack of better words. Mm. And they're good. Poetry doesn't have to be this archaic language. It doesn't have to be all Shakespearean. It can be fun and interesting and it can surprise us the way that language is supposed to do. If students could leave your class with one thing, what would it be? I would love them to be excited about finding books they love to read and realize they don't have to just, you know, read all the books they're supposed to read. I am here with Matthew Nelson now. He is also teaching English 4. This is your first lit class in a while, right? Yeah, it's been a few years since I've taught a literature class. What I'm excited about is, you know, one of the things about writing classes is a lot of writing is one-on-one -on -one interaction. Students will write something, they might work with a group for peer reviews, and then they take the paper to meet. There's not as much in the moment idea generation and discussion. So I'm excited that literature gives us the opportunity to have a foundation, a text in front of us that we can all bounce ideas and different perspectives and kind of see where we go. The nice thing about great literature is that there are tons of different ways in which you can interpret a text, different lenses you can look at texts with. And so it's just fun to see students kind of try on different ways of reading. Why would you encourage a student to take a lit class or your lit class? I mean, I'm bubbly. <laughs> I tend to be pretty fun and approachable and I care about my students a lot. But in terms of like the content of the course, I love big ideas. I love texts that challenge us. I love texts that push us to new and strange experiences. And I love reading articles about those texts that, as I mentioned, give us different ways to perceive the world. You'll learn how to approach material from a lot of different exciting angles. So I'm hoping that this will kind of be a stepping stone for you to start to explore other interests and passions and maybe even start to define who you are as a critical reader. What are the lenses that feel more comfortable for you and more natural for you? Are there any texts you know you're teaching? Nothing 100% yet. The thing about putting a course like this together is 
it's like going to a great buffet. You know, you see all of these items in front of you and you kind of just want to eat everything until you're so sick and you throw up. But even if you do that, you still can't eat everything. So you're saying your class is going to be like throwing up at a buffet. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you take my class. What I can say is there are some core uh, values. So one thing is I want a class that has diverse perspective. You know, I talked about different lenses. That's impossible if all we're thinking about is literature by the kind of like dead old white guys. We need to think of how viewpoints and ways of thinking modify the world around us. If you could choose one thing that your students left with, what would it be? I want you to leave the class curious and eager. I want to give you a toolkit. I want to give you, as I mentioned, different lens. So you can start to think about like, well, what would a gender analysis of this TV show we're looking at me? Or what would it, what would like a psychoanalytical take on this movie? Knowing how to open up multiple greater meanings in a work to add more complexity and beauty to the world around you was really powerful. here with James now who teaches creative writing. James, before we get going, like why should a student generally take a creative writing class? I think the question is why not? <laughs> why not? Why would you not take creative writing? As I'm reading some of the students' work actually just this semester, it's really interesting how many students talk about how they enjoy writing out some of the stuff that's just going on in their lives and how it kind of helps and even helps us to understand issues that are going on with ourselves and with society. I think one of the things that creative writing does is just allows us to express what is going on in our lives, which is something that humans have been doing since the beginning of time with like walls on caves and stuff, you know? So I think there's just this, this human need to express that we exist and that there is something going on in our lives. And what do you do in your creative writing class in particular? So we actually write on cave walls. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> this semester I'm breaking up the class into three main units. So it's like poetry, creative nonfiction, and fiction. We're going to be doing different strategies for each of these genres. So with poetry right now, we're really focusing on how to write and include more what I like to call objects and things into our poetry. And so that's really to kind of practice using imagery. And then we're going to be working on trying to listen to the music of words and, you know, using repetition. For creative nonfiction, a lot of people kind of sometimes are like, well, well what exactly is creative nonfiction? Often it's writing that's based on personal experience and doing it in a way that is creative and using some of the conventions that people use when they're writing fictional story, right? A fake story. For the third, we'll be looking at fiction, which is writing those fake stories. And you know, where dragons get eaten by zombies and stuff like that, right? I want that story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then like a penguin saves the day. Yeah. I mean, it can happen. <laughs> Sounds like, you know, my master's is in fine arts, mm. is in creative writing and creative nonfiction was my focus, yeah, so. If students could leave your creative writing class with one thing, what would you want it to be? That's a tough one. I think it would be an appreciation for being creative in general. Like for the, the idea of the objects and things, I had students just like take pictures of objects and things that they may have not, not noticed, uh, a strange object thing that they come across or whatever. And then they were going to have to incorporate these objects and things into our poems. And you know, one of the things I noticed, even when I see a photograph or something is how photographers use like patterns and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. to, to frame pictures. And for me, I think of anything, taking any sort of like creative class, an appreciation for the creative process and how much work it is. And at the same time, at the end of the day that, you know, when you're walking through your life and the world, 
that you realize that things are, that everything's a little bit more than it seems, you know, that there's layers to the complexity of even the most simplest things. I realized I should have asked someone to interview me because I'm also teaching an English four, but this is probably long enough already. But yeah, I am I'm working on building a class where there's a lot of choice, so we're not always all reading the same thing. I'm planning on using a lot, if not all, OER so that the course will be low cost, if not free. I really like when students like learn about themselves as they learn about literature. Last time I taught in English 4, my final project had students create art, whether it was writing or uh, like some of them actually like painted and stuff like that. And it was supposed to be about how one of the things we read like affected how they saw the world. And I loved it. It was so fun because it was just like, oh yeah, these like literature can be life changing. <laughs> Remember in course search, you should find all these teachers' names. Um, I will also list their names in the show notes. If you need anything, you can email me, but thanks guys.